you're listening to The Itch. My name is Dan. My name is KC. And I'm Aaron. And we are trying to basically keep The Itch alive during these times that we've never had to experience before. And so one thing that we've kind of thrown around doing is, is a podcast idea. For, for anyone listening who doesn't know, because we're initially directing this as a sort of a gap filler for people who would normally be listening to us on Sunday nights. The Itch is a rock radio program that broadcasts every Sunday from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And since it's on a college radio campus, we have not been able to broadcast for the past six weeks or so due to lockdown. And we have missed each other and missed music and missed talking about such things. Yeah, and just the unknown of when are we going to be able to go back? Because it could be in a month, it could be in six months, we don't know. <laughs> That's why I thought it was even more important to try to do something like this to uh, substitute the show, or just to keep the, the show or the, the spirit of the show alive while we're uh, at least away from Linwood. Exactly. So for right now, we'll have some episodes that are conversations about music, um, about how the absence of the show has affected us, and also still keeping anybody who's interested updated on music that's coming out or has uh, been recently released. We'll be working to upgrade audio quality as we go because this is a process we're not used to. We're used to having super high quality studio stuff right in our faces, ready to go. And now we have to do this on our own. I wanted to give a little bit of background history. As you stated, we are a radio show. We've been on the the radio, on Littlewood Radio for 16 years. It's been quite an experience and I've couldn't have done it with better people. And uh, by the way, happy birthday, Casey. I know that we're probably not supposed to be, you know, it's a little unprofessional, but I'll right. take the time to acknowledge your birthday and, and hopefully you're having a good one <laughs> on lockdown. Yeah, it's an, it's another day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's it's been nice. And thank you. And, but we've been around for 16 years, but one of the reasons why we've never done a podcast before is because We've always made the show about the music. When we pitched the show, the whole reason why it's called The Itch is because we were told we need to find a niche in St. Louis radio that we fit into. <laughs> and so we didn't quite hear that they said niche. Um, <laughs> we thought it said itch, and, and Casey said one that has to be scratched. <laughs> and that was that. Yes, yeah. so that's how we came about being The Itch. But we felt that there was a void, and even – Radio has changed in the 16 years we've done this show. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that it's nowhere near as popular as what it is, especially with the rise of internet radio. Yeah. And, and so, that you know, we're trying to transform as well. <laughs> that is accurate. For those who missed the show and know our format, we're going to be including, you know, Flavor of the Week, Primus Time, and Classic Rock Block via shared Facebook links throughout the week. Well, there you go. One of the things that, that we did with the show is we wanted to have segments that honored, like with the classic rock block, we wanted to honor the bands that influenced our music. And honestly, most of those bands that we play in the classic rock block, we all grew up listening to because our parents were most likely huge fans of them. And that's what got us into music. And then Flavor of the Week, uh, we feature either a brand new artist, uh, a new album that's come out and try to play about four or five songs off that album. Or if no new music has come out, then we try to feature the library of a featured artist. As far as keeping up to date on Facebook for those who would normally listen to the show. So we have the classic rock block. We have the flavor of the week. And we've always also got our third segment will be there. Uh, we'll be posting a link to a song by Primus every week. Primus time. Primus timus. I want to call it Primus timus, but every time I try to write that out, 
I can't figure out how to write it out because T I M U S doesn't look right. Right. And, and I so I, it still mostly comes out as Primus time. Yes. Um, we, ad- we adore Primus and we think that weird bands should be publicized more. <laughs> you can keep up with that online and then we'll have this posted. Uh, the goal is to have one of these every week to, uh, to scratch that itch, so to speak, for anybody who would normally be listening in on Sunday nights because I mean, I, I can't speak for myself and I presume you guys are really in the same boat. I find it quite an honor that there genuinely are people that listen in to a college radio station every Sunday night when there are that many other things vying for your attention. And there are as where right. I don't, there's no ego here in that we're small. We are certainly a niche thing and not like a huge deal, but there is still an, a real audience too. There are people who tuned in for years whenever you're broadcasting for three hours on a Sunday night. This is a pretty cool thing. So kudos to them. Exactly. And it's, it's grown over the years. And so we We're appreciate, very grateful we appreciate that. We're yeah. definitely grateful because we've never put any kind of, uh, effort towards marketing. We've never put any kind of advertising money towards the show. We've never made like any kind of street gear or anything like that. It's all been word of mouth and social media. And so we do appreciate every fan that we have. And there honestly would not be a show if there wasn't a fan because it would get tiring doing the show for 16 years for just family and friends. It's true. It, it's it's overwhelming how awesome it is, like you said, to just be a, such a small kind of underground radio show that nobody knows about besides a few people. But we have such dedicated fans. It's just an, it's an incredible feeling. So to those who are listening to this that came here from our website and listened to the show, particularly on a regular basis, we thank you very much. And we hope that this uh, satisfies as best we can while we can't do anything else. Yeah, so we're going to continue to try to keep that tradition on. This week, we're actually going to be talking about our Flavor of the Week and discussing what we think about this album, something we really never did before because we we're always told with our particular radio station, because it's a radio station for students, that nobody cares about your opinion, just play the music. And that's kind of how we started our show mentality was that nobody cares about us talking, just play the music. And we wanted to play the music. That was the reason why we started the show was because of the music. But now that we have this avenue, we wanted to feature our opinions and, and try to get a basically our take on, on certain things now instead of just playing it. And just simply because we can't play it while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this week's Flavor of the Week is Pearl Jam's newest album called Gigaton. And Can, uh, can I start by saying I, I give them, like whatever they would, this album would rate on a scale of 1 to 10, it gets a couple points right off the bat for being called Gigaton, because I think that is a cool name for an album <laughs> title. You know what's funny is I'll give them a couple points right off the bat, too, for something completely different. I am a CD person. I still remain a CD person. When I got this CD, it, it's like a book. It has like a hard cover, like a book. It has pages in it, like the song lyrics and stuff in it. And it's just really well put together. And I, I appreciated that right off the bat. It's a really, really awesome kind of theme. And Pearl Jam is artist through and through. I'll give them that much. So what'd you guys think about it musically? Well, I'll just say that for a band that's been out as long as they have, it's, it's refreshing to know that they're their own thing so they can kind of take risk and go in different directions. Cause like the, the one song that kind of made me laugh the most just in out of what it was is the dance of the clairvoyance, which basically sounds like a talking head song. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, and that, that like the drum, the drum kit was actually, it's a regular drum kit, but it was produced to sound like a synthesized drum. So <laughs> it's the dance rockiest thing that I've ever heard them, them make. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's no, a, I, do, I do too. It's cool. Like it, it doesn't sound derivative either. It's, it's a very well put together, non ripoffy, but also with the times kind of thing. Right. And it just, it's just a completely different direction than what you would normally hear mm-hmm. Pearl Jam do. So it, I think they took a, a little bit of a risk with some of the songs that they, they ended up creating and it, it works for, for whatever reason it, it works. So I think Pearl Jam is one of those bands that has found a perfect balance of like, challenging themselves to sound different and also retaining like a core sound. Right. Like right. you'll hear, you'll hear some bands that, um, over time, like I can give an example either way, either side of this, some bands like collective soul, for example, they came out around that same era that have evolved a little bit, but largely are still the same thing at all times. Right. Um, and that's not necessarily an insult. It's just what they are. So you like it or you don't, or you fell off liking a long time ago or whatever. And you got a band like incubus that started with one sound, and with each album morphed into something almost completely unrecognizable right. where they've you know lost a significant portion of their earlier fans. And then you have Pearl Jam, who is like, you could listen to an album here or one from 20 years ago. And I feel like there's a good chance that you will feel similarly about either one in a good way. Like they'll be different, but they'll be reminiscent enough that you, that's still the band that you fell in love with. Yeah, those are very good comparisons. I agree with all of that. <laughs> I, I will say that I think that this album was a much better uh, album than their last attempt. Cause, and I, I was not a huge fan of Lightning Bolt. I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of seemed really meh at the time. Right. And I, I felt that this album was, was very entertaining. Like, I don't know. I, it's just a, it had some good hooks in the beginning of it. I do think that as the album kind of went on, it, it lost a little bit. I, I would I agree with that. The first, I would too half of it is, is really good all the way up until like seven o'clock. And then kind of after that, it just, it kind of just loses itself in every song. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would, I would agree with that where I think it's a solid album where there's nothing that's outright bad. I do think it's stronger up top. And then, uh, later on there's a comes and goes as a six minute acoustic song. Yes. That I, that I thought was really cool, but I would definitely say that like to me, the peak of the album is tracks two to four, Super Blood, Wolf Moon, the Dance of the Clairvoyance, and then Quick Escape. Quick Escape has a thing, if, if you, you know, listeners, check this out afterwards. It's about two and a half minutes into Quick Escape. There's this riff for like 10 seconds. That's probably one of the coolest sounds that I've ever heard Pearl Jam make. Um, that, may, that, maybe that, the that. only thing cooler is that, that intro in black. <laughs> I will say that I think that Super Blood Wolf Moon is probably the best single that Pearl Jam has had in a long, long time. I think and, that that Super Blood Wolf Moon is like the kind of thing that somebody could name their own band after. Yeah, like I'm, I'm starting. I'm gonna start a band right now with that name. I also really liked Seven O'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first track yeah. was pretty good too. Whoever, whoever said. I think it starts out the album pretty well. The more songs I listen to, the farther it moved down on my list, but. It came with like energy, and I appreciated that Pearl Jam, being around as long as they have been, still has energy and like vibrance to them. Because <laughs> that's another thing that happens to bands as they get older, is they get mellower. And Pearl Jam is like, nah, we're we're gonna keep rocking out. We're good. I really like albums that start off with a solid first track. I know oh, that it's sure. 
it's kind of a lost art nowadays with digital media. But, you know, I still am one that likes to listen to an album from beginning to end. Like the first two or three times I listen to it, that's how I listen to it. And then I'll start picking out the songs that I like. Right. And that's the one thing that I, I was going to say about the album for sure is sometimes you'll, an artist will come out with an album and you'll hear it just kind of meshes together and you're like, what track am I listening to? I felt like th- this album, pretty much every track kind of stood on its own. So that was kind of nice. I, I kind of started feeling that way a little bit towards the end of the album, though, like with the last song and, and Retrograde, I, I, I kept having yeah. to look back and see if it was the same track or if it was a new <laughs> song. Yeah, I mean, it definitely got mellower towards the end of it. I could uh, agree with that. But I, I definitely agree with the idea that okay, I want to listen to something as an artist intended it to be, and so if you give me a full album, I'm going to take it that there was thought and effort put into that like track listing and the inclusion of every song there. So I'm going to listen to it from start to finish, like Dan was saying. And I can think of albums where you can tell it makes a significant difference. So like the biggest one that comes to mind, it was actually back-to-back albums, is Chevelle. So they released Vina Sarah which had some cool tracks on it, but to me didn't necessarily feel like a complete, like a, it didn't feel like a cohesive album necessarily. And part of that, I think was that a lot of those tracks were like repurposed stuff that got left behind from other albums that they just kind of like put the finishing touches on and then put together. And then after Venus Sarah, they released sci-fi crimes, which I feel feels from start to finish, like one perfectly coherent album. And so there's definitely something to be said for the artistry of having something that has like a smooth feel start to finish where like you could maybe get lost in it might be the word, but it's not, you're getting lost in it because it's all blending together. You're getting lost in it because it feels like one step-by-step experience from start to end. If that makes sense. Yes, no, definitely. So we say Pearl Jam did a decent job on that, on, of this, of that on this album, I guess seems to be our conclusion, like not perfect, but pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, we always like to compare songs to our top 20 list of where it might end up, or I'm sorry, albums, where where it might end up being on our top 20 album of the year. I I don't think this is going to be breaking top five, but I I do think that it's a solid album. I think it'll be on the list for sure. It just, you know, it all depends on what else comes out this year. Like I said, I give it bonus points for the name and for the album art. I think that's some really cool album art. That's I, I appreciate that. Anytime I hear about an artist coming out with something new, one of my first things that I wonder is like, what's the visual? Like, what's it going to look like? <laughs> and they did a good job on Gigaton. So kudos to them. Oh, I got a, a side note on that. If I can throw in something, um, something that I've considered that maybe we could uh, include in these shows. And I'm going to throw one out there just because it's so directly related to what we're talking about is the idea of recommended listening. So something that maybe you listen to this week that you want to tell other people to listen to. And today I heard a uh, postmodern jukebox, which if you don't know who they are, I recommend looking them up almost immediately as soon as you're finished listening to this and listening to a lot of their discography. They did a cover of Pearl Jam uh, that was released today. They did a cover of Black and it's in this like very like old fashioned loungy style, which is most of what they do. And it's different than um, Pearl Jam's version and for my money, Black might be Pearl Jam's best song, but it's also like gorgeous in its own way. So there's my little piece of recommended listening for, for you guys and for anybody who listens to this. You know, since you're talking about 
covers. It was really funny. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing during quarantine is watching a lot of live music, a lot of live concerts and tributes and things like that. And one of the big networks was showing a tribute to Prince concert. Yes, I heard yes. about this. I did not did see you, it. Did oh, you? Okay. No. Tell so us about it. At the very end, one of the very last bands that played tribute to Prince was the lovable Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. 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 And so Dave Grohl gets up there and he says, a couple years ago before Prince passed away, we covered his song, Darling Nikki, and we don't think Prince liked it very much. <laughs> so now we're going to cover it. So we're going to play it for you now. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how it was. <laughs> At a Prince tribute concert. <laughs> that's wild because it's funny because that almost sounds like they're saying they're like in a disrespectful way, maybe in their hearts and minds, they were like, we're going to try to make it up to him by like doing it better or something. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> No, I, I think that he just, because I mean, Prince it was a perfectionist and you know, when, sure. when he released his song, his song was as perfect as it can be. And I don't think he just, I just don't think he liked the idea of somebody covering his song in general. You know, Prince's, um, I'm not going to say this is fact. I'm going to say this is, I believe this is true. And then we'll fact check it later or we won't. Um, <laughs> I believe that, <laughs> That could Prince, be an alternative fact. Yeah. I believe that one, that Prince is um, on record as one of the only people to deny Weird Al permission to do a parody of him. I'm not 100% I thought there was on that. More than, I thought there was more than one person that's done that before. Um, Coolio famously, yeah, I was say, famously Coolio. <laughs> um, denied permission, but Weird Al, it was a miscommunication. Weird Al thought that he had been given permission, so he was very apologetic after. He had already released it. But then Coolio was like, hey, I didn't say you could do that. And Weird Al was like, I thought you said I could. So Weird Al's a very courteous guy. So you don't technically have to have permission to do a parody, but he always gets it. I believe right. Prince um, refused him a few times during his career, which speaks to what you're saying about how seriously uh, he took his work. So I could totally get why he would not be super fond of the Foo Fighters covering him or anybody else covering him, maybe. I can't tell you guys the number of songs that were attributed to Weird Al that weren't Weird Al songs that I downloaded off of iMesh disappointed every time <laughs> that was definitely a song that i was going to recommend for your spotify list was their cover of darling nikki darling nikki all right yes and um by the way yeah so that's been one of the things that i've loved about quarantine is all the live concerts that people are sharing i don't know exactly what it is i guess maybe they're just trying to remind us of what we can't do <laughs> I think the artists I think the artists are feeling are you talking about when they're sharing older sets or when they're doing like live you know like one man both with his guitar kind of thing because I both, feel like yeah. the I think the artists are feeling about their music the same way we're feeling about their music and like they're like I need to perform this stuff for somebody well especially so, the people that came, especially the people that came out of new music recently yeah, and, and there's it's a like, lot of. Go ahead. We're supposed to go on tour and and do this, and now we can't. We're not yep. making any money. So many canceled <laughs> tours. I know there's a number of big names that have done weekly stuff. I know Metallica was they were releasing older concerts weekly, right? A, a free concert every week. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I was going to say is too is that other other artists are taking the time to. I, I wouldn't say I I guess you can consider promoting themselves, but just kind of promoting themselves by showing free concerts, stuff that would never be released before um, that they're releasing for free. Cause especially a band like Metallica, they want money for everything that they put True out. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they don't release anything for free. <laughs> I think it's uh, cool. So, the way some of this stuff is going, or I can say, do you have more? Sorry. 
No, that's what that's what I was gonna say. Is it? I mean, like it's they're definitely known for not being uh, for being stingy. That's for, for sure. sure. For sure. Um, which to to Pearl Jam's credit is another thing, and the Foo Fighters they are known for releasing tons and tons of live stuff and B sides and stuff, and sometimes even sharing it freely. But uh, I was thinking about that, and so we got Metallica doing that. There's a number of big artists that have been doing live things almost weekly, and I I was just thinking right now about how neat it is that they're happening in different ways. So like Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day has released a cover song every Monday, and like made videos of it. Like some it's pretty legit stuff. Uh, Goldfinger has been doing full band covers a couple of times. I don't think they did it weekly, but there's at least a couple out where everybody records from their own home and they have studio blended that stuff together to, to near perfection. The guy, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie has done sets almost every week for like an hour and most of it's covers of bands that are like his favorites. So that's kind of probably fun for him. And I know I got more. <laughs> Jimmy Adkins of Jimmy World has also been doing weekly shows and he, Maybe it's green screen, but I'm pretty sure at least the first one was actually live in an empty bar in Phoenix at a place that Jimmy World cut their teeth playing in. And so he's been doing like a virtual tour of like scuzzy clubs in the Phoenix area, which I think is awesome. With um, nobody in them. There's nobody in them, but he's giving them like publicity <laughs> so people will hear about these places um, right. and it, it boosts their profile whenever they're able to return to business. And so that's kind of neat to me. And also he'll tell them like, hey, you like, Go to their website and buy their T-shirt or something. So they he's helping them make a tiny bit of money, which I think is really neat. And then Ben Folds, I don't know if he still is, but at one point he was locked up in Australia because that's what he where he was whenever airports started shutting down. <laughs> and so he's just been like living in a hotel for a while. And so he just went to some pawn shops that I guess somehow were still open or thrift stores or something, and was buying instruments and doing live concerts every week. So that he could bide his time and satisfy the audience and whatnot. So it's just, it's interesting to see the way that people are handling these things. And as much as it's way better to see stuff actually live in person, and maybe another time we can discuss the concerts that have been canceled that we were looking forward to. <laughs> I, I know I just cleared like five of them out of my calendar for the next couple of months. Um, but it's cool to get this free stuff that is live and genuine and a very personal feeling right now. That's exactly exactly what I was going to say is the, the personal feeling, because a lot of these artists are basically inviting you into their house, into their personal mm -hmm. lives. And, and like Hannah uh, follows Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, and she's a very private person. She doesn't really release much about her personal life. But it, during this time, it actually has come to find out that the person that she's been had a, a partnership with for 16 years is actually her band member, the guitarist Joel. <laughs> So it's it's just stuff like that that you just don't get to see or you don't typically get to see unless, you know, we're all dealing with the situation. So it, it's really been neat to kind of be invited into people's homes and into uh, artists' lives and, and be so close and personal, feel sure. like you're a part of their family. Did either of you guys see any of the Post Malone Nirvana concert? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. I, I've been watching it slowly throughout this week because it's over an hour long. Like, it's a full-on big old concert set list. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't really know much about Post Malone. This is the first time I've watched anything that he's done because he's not really my style or my age bracket. But the man did a pretty good Nirvana tribute. And he had Travis Barker on drums. And anytime you get Travis, that dude is epic. <laughs> and so yeah. you put him behind a drum kit and you're going to have a show that is a high energy. And so, uh, 
I would I'd put that under recommended listening. Put it this way, a lot of people have tried to do Nirvana covers. One of them famously went viral within the past few weeks and for its horridness, which we can talk about if you guys haven't heard of that one. Um, but this no, was not which... it. This was decent, huh? No, what one was that? Oh, man. So, recommended listening um, if you want your ear <laughs> to bleed. Non, non-recommended listening. Don't recommend it to anyone listening. <laughs> uh, Puddle of Mud, a radio performance oh, has been released God. in which Wes... He just don't sound right at all. <laughs> they're they were doing uh I think it was about a girl. And is that the one that you shared on the page? I believe I've shared that on our Facebook page. Because the one that you shared was from a live version. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So that was a joke. And uh we could so the joke was that that concert was from like a decade or so ago, and he sounds fine. It was a perfectly fine live cover. The one that's gone viral was recorded much more recently and he sounds horrible in it. So the idea of that was, hey, we don't get what the big hubbub is about. He sounds fine to us when we were posting the wrong video on purpose. So, uh, so if you want to hear, if you want to hear Puddle of Mud do a decent Nirvana cover, you can watch that. If you want to hear a terrible one, just do a Google search and it will pop up and you will see it. So all that to say, good job, Post Malone. <laughs> Cause someone also just proved that it's, that you can terribly botch a Nirvana cover. <laughs> yep. All if right. there's anything else you guys want to talk about, um, or do we want to just kind of wrap it up and and go to the end? Wrap it up, fool. Uh, wrap it uh, up. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, right, I will we'll say that there. real quick, I don't know if you guys ever seen all of Chappelle's show, but every time I hear somebody say wrap it up, I always think that segment where like the judge is talking and he starts playing like the wrap it up music that from the Grammys or the uh, <laughs> um, Oscars, and he's like, yo, judge, wrap it up, wrap it up, yo. <laughs> it's hilarious. Every time you guys say that, that's what I think of. <laughs> I mean, I might include that in there somewhere. Maybe that's what I'll put at the end of the show. It'll just be you going, wrap it up, yo. <laughs> 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 All right. So this has been Rock Matters, and we are The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm KC. And I'm Aaron. We are The Itch. We are typically on 89.1 The Wood FM every Sunday night from 6 to 9 p.m. But there are other ways to catch us. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S, and be more a part of the show um, or like us if you see what you or hear what you like. If you like what you hear. Yeah, that's there you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> and until next time, rock on. Oh boy, this is almost the length of an actual show. Yep. <laughs> Maybe, I'm just going to put it out there completely uncut and be like, here's two hours of us talking if you miss us. <laughs> In lieu of our radio show, here you go. <laughs> if you're real bored, we got you. <laughs> you're in quarantine. What else are you going to do? If we're going to be talking about how creepy you are, I want to make sure we get that recorded so the people can hear. <laughs> Nobody needs to know how creepy I am. <laughs> Boot, skate, after after we come back, I'm going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger. After we come back, I'll tell you something I, I tried to do, and we'll find out at some point if it worked or not. That's related oh, to Oh, no! How am I, <laughs> how am I going to live with myself? We don't connect to a new one. All right, we're guys, gonna get, gonna, we're gonna get gonna cut off. <laughs> yep. All right, peace All right. out, guys. Thank Have you. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. Yep.
Talk to you later. Have a great week, guys. And happy See birthday ya. again. Yo, Judge, wrap it up. Wrap it up, yo.